Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of TikTok Radio. It's me, your girl, at Victoria, a.k.a. Victoria Jamison. First of all, have you guys heard the corn song? It's cold. I can't get rid of it. It's it's just constantly playing on a loop in my head. And the corn song is a great example of how memeable content really can take over the internet in a very short amount of time. I remember seeing like the original clip from that interview and within like two days, the song was super viral. Not only are we seeing it all over TikTok, but it has made its way to Instagram as well. A really great example of how quick things can blow up and how you can take advantage of them to get visibility. So paying attention to things that you're seeing on your For You page over and over again, I always say that. Today, our special guest is Clinton Avery Tharp. You've probably seen Clinton's creative and educational thrifting videos and thrift flips. He resells furniture in Oklahoma City, mostly like mid-century modern stuff. I'm obviously on like DIY and thrift talk, so that's one reason I probably see his stuff so much, but he also is from Oklahoma City and that is where I spend a lot of my life. One reason I wanted to have Clinton on the show is because he makes a living selling furniture in real life, so not online, and I was curious about how his TikTok presence has kind of impacted that part of his business. A lot of people think because they have a brick and mortar business that they shouldn't be on social media or something like that. I'm not sure, but there's so much value in building your brand, even if your products or services have to be in person. So I'm excited for Clinton to share his insight on that and all the fun stuff he has going on behind the scenes. Just wanted to touch really quick on a new feature that we're seeing on TikTok. It is the nearby feature. So since TikTok is actually gearing to be more of an SEO based platform, which basically means that people are using it like a search engine. We've talked about that before. Think about like you'll search cool things to do in Dallas or like cool restaurants in Dallas or reviews on XYZ. That's the same way people are using YouTube and Google. So TikTok is leaning into this by using the nearby feature. And it seems like it's going to be a way for you to get recommendations on local things going on or things in your area, even news stories. I haven't dabbled much in it, but I've been seeing a lot of people talking about it. I would love to hear what your stance is on this. Be sure you get in on the conversation by joining our Facebook community. That is tiktok-squad.com, or you can go down into the show notes and click the link there to join. Also, just have to give a really quick shout out to B&H Photo. They sent me some new gear for recording the video episodes of the podcast. I've been having issues with getting my old camera to record in high quality. 
So they sent me over a new Nikon camera that is like specifically made with creators in mind, as well as some really cool lighting to try out. So thank you B&H for supporting creators and I'm really excited to get this all set up. As always, be sure to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. When you leave us a review or a rating, it helps other people see this podcast so that we can grow the TikTok radio community. And be sure to take a screenshot of this episode, put it on your story and tag us. Let us know what your biggest takeaways are and always feel free to DM us your questions. I would love to start featuring listeners' questions on here more. All right, guys, let's dive into this week's interview. Hey guys, welcome back to TikTok Radio. I have a special guest in studio with me today. We have Clinton Avery Tharp. He is a musician and a furniture flip thrifting content creator. Genius. Genius, yes. So he's going to be sharing about his journey on TikTok today. So welcome. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. I've followed your content for a while because it's hilarious and fun. And I think that's something that's not really in the thrifting niche as much. It's like a little bit more interesting. It's not supposed to be funny. Why are you laughing a lot? It's it's not funny. No. Jcakes, it's totes funny. (laughs) So how did you get started creating TikTok content? Have you heard of COVID-19? Unfortunately, I have. Okay, so that started happening. And since I am a musician, therefore, that's why I flip furniture for a living. Mm-hmm. Because being in an indie band, you don't, you don't pay all your bills that way around here. Right, right, right. COVID happens and we can't play any gigs. I started being like, oh, everybody's getting TikTok right now. That's when people that were like my age, I'm 37. That's when like we were like, okay, we'll get TikTok now. And it was a mixture of discovering TikTok and then not being able to play gigs, but still wanting everybody's attention. <laughs> so I was like, well, what can I do on here? I was like watching videos and I really was like, I want to make a viral video. I'm going to figure it out. And like with my wife, I was like, I would like make something. It would totally flop and be stupid. And the next day I'd be like, ah, that one was a flop, but I'm going to figure it out, honey. You just wait. I'm going to make one go viral. I saw that there were people like doing furniture stuff on there. And I thought, hey, I know a little bit about this stuff because I've been flipping furniture for like 10 years at this point. So I thought, hey, DIY furniture comedy, let's give it a try. Yeah, it's a very specific niche, but like very well done. So I must applaud you on that. I was curious about, you said you've been doing furniture stuff for 10 years. So you already had some experience there, but did you have any experience in like content creation? Like, were you an influencer before TikTok? No, and I still am not. I'm an encourager. For some reason, influencer kind of strikes me as like a dirty word for some reason for me. I'm like, I don't. I just don't like the vibe of it. Like, I'm not trying to influence you. I mean, I know that encourage is like a synonym of it, but I don't know. It's just, you know, how you just don't like one word. Yeah, no, a lot of people don't like influencer. Yeah, and like how it's been associated with negative. Yeah, like vanity and like, I'm just, here's this product. I don't care. <laughs> I got money for it. You also have your own business flipping furniture. So I, do. I think it's, Interesting because a lot of people who have more like brick and mortar localized type business will say like, oh, well, I can't do TikTok because the followers aren't local. So why does it matter? So have you seen an increase in your business because Absolutely. of TikTok? Yes, totally. So do people like find you and say like, oh, I want to buy that piece like from TikTok? 
yes. Wait, that's, that's so cool. Yeah, it doesn't happen every time or it, it maybe happens like, say I list 10 pieces, probably two of those. Someone's like, I saw you on TikTok. I don't want to buy this, but hey. And then there are other people that are like, I totally want this. And I also follow you on TikTok. So do you ever ship furniture or is it just local stuff? I don't ship furniture. Mm-hmm. Just I've found it's too that much it's- effort. You started creating content. When did you have your first viral video that you so worked towards? I probably made like 10 videos, six or seven involving my cat. I was just making them for fun, you know, and then then I made a video that was like about moving a dresser, like a a double dresser by yourself, how to do that. You take the drawers out and there's a lot that goes in. There's a science. So I made a video about that and that kind of drummed up some people kind of being into it. I thought, okay, this is, this is my groove. This is my audience. Then I was like, okay, what's like my best trick that I know right now? And my best trick at the time was to remove the skirt off of a sofa or a chair. Which I can like think of. I've seen those videos. Right. Yeah. Right. I I think I was the first one to do that on TikTok. I don't know. I'm, I'm Claim not to gonna fame. Say, I'm claiming that. Because then I didn't see that at all before. And then everyone's like, so I'm doing this. Acting like they've been doing it the whole time. You're like, you learned that from me. Like I remember my first couch that was stupid. <laughs> so I made it cool. Yeah, I mean, you do make furniture cool, though. It's cool to see. That video went crazy. I remember, like, the next day, I was like, Lauren, look, it just keeps going. And, like, it was, like, 9,000 views. I was like, that's insane. I've got 9,000 views. Next day, it was, like, 27,000 views. I was like, babe, it keeps going and growing. What in the world? And it's got, it ended up having over a million views. That's pretty good out of the gate. It's viral. There were, like, like I said, eight to ten videos, most of them involving my cat before. Mm. Then when I had the two furniture videos, I deleted anything that wasn't like in line with the furniture stuff. Smart. Yes. Niching down. Yeah. And then it was like followers, 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 followers. And it's just gone up from there. Are you still seeing growth right now? TikTok's so weird with like the ebb and flow. So have you like experienced any plateaus? Oh, and drops? Yeah. 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 Yeah, So I'm at like 800 and... I'm not sure right now. Like, eight, let's say it's 812, but I was at 815. Yeah, it's just kind of like roller coasters. Yeah, it's like if you don't put something out amazing every few days or something, it's you're gonna have a decline, and that can kind of mess with you. But honestly, it's like if I let myself worry about that kind of stuff, then I mean, my life's not gonna be so good. That's the kind of stuff, the little things that people stress out about that like keep them. Yeah, from you gotta creating. focus on those good things that are going on. The fact that you have 800,000 followers is amazing. Yeah. It teeter-totters around 810 to 815. So what? I know a lot of creators stress out a lot about the numbers and it really does like every, almost every creator I've had on the podcast talks about that is like the fluctuation and how it ebbs and flows and it always ends up working out for the best most of the time watch it be tiktok just messing with you yeah they're like you haven't posted in a while sir we're punishing you yeah yeah i i've noticed that even with my like i've i'm toggling up above 978 to 977 i'm just like back and forth i'm like (laughs) i need to get above this (laughs) this hump here you just get up just don't pay attention yeah as soon as i stop caring as soon as i post something like totally off the wall then it'll do good and then 
it'll be back on track. Totally. The more you're focused on that, and I'm talking to myself here too, because it is, I do use it as a motivator sometimes, like, okay, it's time to make another video, but I'm not going to let it dictate the reality of my art, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, with your music background, and then you started doing the thrift videos and the flipping videos. When did those merge together into the comedy thrift style that we have today so i've always been a silly goose <laughs> always loved music always been a song and dance man i've been in a bunch of indie bands the most current band i'm in is the dirty little betties the dirty little betties i feel like i had to enunciate that better we'll put it in the show notes so yeah. you guys can check it out there we go. i'm trying to think i think that skirt video had like a song to well, it, didn't yeah, I've it? Got, I've got my wife painted the dresser. Yes, we were just watching that one. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah, so was, TikTok became this outlet for like all my creativity, like everything I do, like because I'm a writer. I like to fancy myself a poet. I've always loved to do video stuff. Even as a kid with my friends, we would just like get the VHS sort of tape. <laughs> like the huge yeah. bulky cameras. Yeah, and you would have to shoot everything What's it called when it's in order? Chronologically? Yeah, in chronological order. Yeah. Well, maybe I can't remember that word because no, no, no one apps. does that. No apps. A lot of see things yeah, in chronological order. Anymore, so it's a algorithm. dirty word now. But yeah, we would yeah. shoot in chronological order with the VHS recorder. And everything would be like this analog feel because your kid's just making stuff. And so I try to, I still bring that vibe to my videos. Like playful, stuff, fun. The stuff we were doing when we were kids. Yeah. I like to do it that way because it's fun and it really kind of gets you creative and it shows people that anyone can do this. You yeah. Know, you don't have to have amazing equipment. I shoot everything with my phone. That was going to be my next I question. edit everything with Splice, the app. Yes. I don't even pay for it. I was like grandfathered in because I've had it so long. Oh yeah. I used to have it when it was, I'm 99.99999% sure they were owned by GoPro at one point. They were? Yes. Okay. And I had the GoPro one. And then now had like a little tag at the end, like splice by GoPro. GoPro. Yeah. And then it would like import your GoPro clips and it's just like evolves so much. Like that's one of the main things I use too. I was curious, how do you do the audio? Do you do that all on your phone? Yes. Your little songs? Yes. And no, for the most part. Yes. I kind of create like a vocal booth sort of scenario mm -hmm. for my audio stuff. So say a good one for me is to like sit on the floor and set the phone in a chair, like a club chair, armchair, and then put a pillow in the chair. And I'm at like, my mouth is at level with the phone. And that's how I do the voiceover. Because it sounds good. Sound. It sounds like you're using a microphone, and but you're just using your phone. Yeah. Why does my phone not sound that good when I do voiceovers like that? <laughs> it's crazy. Like if you are trying the same kind of technique, but you're like laying in your bed or something and like the angles off. Yeah, like it's the if you're looking down at the phone and speaking to it down there rather than like at voice level. Interesting. Yeah, just experiment. With I didn't it. know that mattered. It's weird. Hmm. Microphones are weird. I use a what brand is it? Rode like plug and play lightning port mic. I'm going to have to try that out because I've <laughs> sometimes I don't have my mic with me and I'm trying to do a post and I'm like Yeah. So if yeah, that's a good tip. Quiet, yeah, if you can get a quiet little space, get some pillows around mm -hmm. you to where it's all just kind of going, filtering into the phone, the microphone. I used to record my podcast in a closet. That's why we didn't do video for two years because mm -hmm. I made my own like soundproof room. It's yeah. just a bunch of clothes. <laughs> 
so there's no echo. So that was Oh, nice. I've done that before, kind yeah. of on the fly. Like mm-hmm. I've gone to the closet and held the phone in front of all the clothes and used that as like a little vocal booth. Yes. Yeah, that was my technique for sure. I didn't know what I was doing though. So you started creating content. When did you realize that this could kind of be like a business opportunity per se? Well, just, I mean, sort of as you grow and you get all these followers, you can't help but be like, oh, this is whenever you start to get little endorsements and advertisers and sponsors. So I was kind of ready for that and open to that. I didn't seek any out. I got sought out first, which was awesome. Didn't expect it. Like I don't even, I don't remember how many followers I had. I want to say I had about 500 K, maybe less than that. And first one I got hit up by was the coldest water bottle. Oh. They sponsored everybody. Oh. Everyone's first pitch. Yeah. And they offer you like $5 for 10 videos. It was like. Did you take it? Well, I said yes at first and then I did one. And then after like realizing all the effort it was going to take to complete the amount of videos they needed to pay me like nothing. Yeah. Like $250 for like four or five videos or something like that. They sent me a pitch and I replied to them like, okay, well, this is my rate for one video. So, and then I got an email from them like a month later that was like the same pitch, but less money. And I was like, (laughs) thank you. I I think they're still trying to get people though. They're still out there hustling for sure. I still get the emails. Really? I haven't got, I think I'm blacklisted because I made fun of them on TikTok a couple of times, maybe. That's okay. They don't, they don't like me very much, but I just want to see creators get paid well. So like how much time does it take you to make one of your videos? Cause you're making like custom music and the edits sometimes are a little bit not as straightforward as just like a straight to camera video. Right. It varies. Mm -hmm. I made a TikTok right before this podcast actually. I saw it. And it's like doing well. I made it in like two hours. I mean, getting all the footage and whatever, but like I made it really quickly just because it was this easy like POV. You go to Habitat for Humanity. You do this. And it was like a format that I already kind of knew I was Mm -hmm. going to do. And so I slapped that thing together and I was like, should I do it? Should I do it right now? And I did. And it's like getting a lot of views. That's that's always good. But it's one of those, the reason it gets a lot of views is because it's sort of controversial to people. It's like some people believe that if you buy stuff at a thrift store and then turn around and sell it, that you're evil. Yes. And I understand their perspective it's like about ethics. I just disagree with those ethics. Yeah. Well, I did a thrift flip because I sell stuff on Poshmark. So I do a lot of like thrifting and then stuff that I don't end up wearing or don't like. I'll sell it on Poshmark. And I did a video about like reselling Nike shoes that I found at Goodwill for like $5 that were brand new. And people were feisty in my comments. I'm like, what? Also, there's so much textile waste, like tons and tons of textile waste every year. And I assume it's the same with furniture. Like stuff gets thrown away all totally. the time. Like so it's going to a good home. But if you are in need of furniture that and you can't afford it, you can get it for free. Salvation Army does mm-hmm. that. Um you can Google like furniture banks. Yeah, and there's lots of resources out or there. Or have for sure. someone else Google it for you if you don't have a phone. I don't know. You can, but there, it's it's for free. You don't. Yeah. If you are in need, you get it for free. You don't have to go pay thrift store prices. Yeah. The thrift stores 
they are trying to generate money for their cause. Yeah. And so the goodwill here in Oklahoma, their cause is jobs. They're right. trying to match people up with jobs. So when you're supporting their mission, it's that's the mission here in Oklahoma. It's different throughout yeah, I think the it's, United I think it's States. like that in DFW too, though. They yeah. do like training for people with disabilities and people coming out of incarceration, I think. Yeah, they do it. It's different for every state because, and that's kind of a good plan because our issues aren't going to be the same as the issues in Seattle. I noticed goodwill prices have been going up though. I don't know if that's when I see that I'm like, is this my fault? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. A lot of people have been talking about it. That I don't know that it's my fault. Yeah, <laughs> I heard I heard them specifically blame you. So Sorry. that's actually why we brought you here today. No. Yeah, I going to jail. <laughs> This is, this is a, what's the word? A, uh, where you sit down and yeah. And everyone tells you you're stupid. Everyone tells you how much you, you yeah, exactly. We can't keep enabling you. And they like read a letter and cry (laughs) and you're like, whatever, I'm still drinking beer. (laughs) Exactly. Once you started growing on TikTok, did you notice that like spillage over to other platforms? Yes. The cool thing happened. Buzzfeed. Yeah. So that was, I was getting like little spillage. Mm Mm-hmm. When it was like slow grow. Mm-hmm. Why is it so hard to grow on Instagram? Oh, it uh, is. It's So I was getting that. But then BuzzFeed picked up the videos and they did like a little edit of Feature. a few of them. Yeah. And then it was just like, I went from like 4,000 followers to within two days, it was like 51,000 followers. Dang. Yeah. It was wild. Was that like shortly after you started TikTok? Yes. So it was like early on. Yeah, it was early on. That's pretty legit. Yeah, it was like probably two months into, two or three months into making the videos. That's kind of like what everyone dreams of, just like getting that big uh, exposure. Yeah. Did they ask you to use your videos or did they just do it? Okay, that's good. That's good. There are a lot of those montage type accounts We'll just like take people's videos and use them. So that's good that they at least talk yeah. to you about it. Yeah, there's been a few of those montage accounts. And so far for me, they've all asked. That's good. But then I saw, like, I didn't realize you're going to put it on YouTube and make money off of it. Dang it. So there's actually, I don't know if you know about this, but there's services or like agencies kind of that will do content ID for you and find your content and other people's monetized content. So that exists. If you, if it gets to be out of hand, those are, there's a couple, I probably can't think of them off the top of my head. One of them is called collab. I don't remember the other ones, but they like, they take a percentage of it, obviously, because that's how they make money, yeah. but they'll find your content and other people's content. That's like licensed wow. or not licensed. Yeah. Illegally profiting. So that's a, another way to monetize. We talked a little bit about you getting your first brand deal which was the coldest water. You said you don't, I don't do really much. count that one. Yeah, you don't count it. I like, I aborted the mission. Yeah, it was, it was a, a failed attempt. Yeah. Do you reach out about brand deals now or do you just kind of take them as they come? I mean, I'm kind of a dummy like that. Like I should totally be like, hey, brand that I use all the time. We should do a thing, but I don't do that and I want to, but so it just takes effort. It takes time yeah, it is does. what it is. And sometimes I don't know like who to hit up or how to get started in that. And I get hit up with stuff and it's kind of fun because it's like out of nowhere. Like, do you want to do this sponsorship for cybersecurity? And I'm like, 
I don't know why you think that's a fit for me, but that's kind of a fun, creative prompt. Yeah, I feel like I've seen some of your ads and you always make them like really entertaining, which a lot of creators struggle with ad content because there's more restrictions and like it's harder to make it like fun. Yeah, for me, it is fun because I look at it as a creative prompt like, okay, eight sleep mattress, this mattress that heats you and cools you through the night. How can I make that into a video that's my style? And now I have something like, instead of just going, what video am I going to make now? Is it going (laughs) to be about furniture stuff? It's like, okay, I've got a plot yeah, sort of. Now let's build on it. So is that kind of what your creative process is for most of your videos then? Is, do you plan out your content or are you just like, I'm going to make a video about this today and then, or do you have an idea for like a song and then you create the video to go with the song? Like, how does that look? It's a little bit of both. Mm. With the brands, like with Scotchbrite, everything was, there was a whole team of this production team that I was working with. So it was like, send us an outline of your idea. Here's sort of like the prompts that we had in mind. And then I kind of like worked off that. I wrote my own outline, sent it to them. They're like, this is hilarious. We're going to have to cut this out and this and change the whole thing to basically... But what do you think about this? And they'd send me something back like, okay, cool. I can work with that. And then shot it and edited it. And they're like, okay, we are going to have to change it again because you didn't do what we said. That's always that, happens. that happens to me sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to blatantly not do what you said. Just see if you like it. <laughs> one thing I've seen, and I've done this before for brand deals, is making two videos and making one that's what they wanted and then making one that you think would be better. And then you upsell them and say like, well, I'll give both of them to you for this price. So then it kind yeah. of is like a good plug for yourself. And yeah. then you make more money. And it's this fun thing I have where I'm like, I think I know better than them. Let's see. And then they're like, no, you, you didn't. <laughs> they have, you well, did, sometimes go ahead and do what we said. They have a lot of restrictions sometimes, like corporations yeah. and stuff. It's like, like I just did an ad for Tide Pods and like we weren't physically allowed to show the Tide Pods because. Really? I, I watched that, by the way. Oh, thanks. It's something with like all the people eating Tide Pods or I don't even know. Yeah, they don't even show them. It's yeah, they make were, them hungry. <laughs> Yes, exactly. No, I think that TikTok like suppresses Tide Pod content. So we couldn't even show the Tide. We just had to show the box. Like, <laughs> you know what these are? Yeah. yeah the kids yeah. on TikTok are like, ooh, yummy. Well, I saw in the- We're um, making them look like candy, Tide. They, they kind of do look- They kind of look just like mm-hmm. never-ending gobstoppers from Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good look. But I mean, they're apparently 85% concentrated ingredients, so- I mean, I get it. They kind of look like a little cinnamon roll that's like rainbow and cream in the middle. I'm surprised that no candy companies have come out with Tide Pod candy. I feel like that would just be a terrible scenario, but I feel like it would also I could see it on that show, Is It Cake? (laughs) That's on Netflix right now. But it would be like a Tide Pod cake. I'm not on it. Okay, speaking of Netflix, not Netflix, but HGTV, you said that you filmed an HGTV pilot. Was that from a TikTok connection or was that just like random? It was from TikTok. Yes, yeah. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. So in late 2020, I was starting to get hit up by producers. Mm. The notable ones were Mike O'Dare and he just had a show that launched on Netflix called Making Fun. 
so if you've seen that it's like these carpenters I seen it yet. it's really fun it's it's a great it, show is that too. why they called it making fun? yeah i, I mean <laughs> it's called making fun because the, the backstory on the carpenter guy is like doesn't like kids and that's kind of what they played up to be like he he hates kids so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna let kids dictate the reality of what he has to build that sounds like a fun scenario yeah so then they're like listening so they've got a a monitor and these kids on there like, I want you to make me a, a dinosaur that makes tacos and shoots them out of the <laughs> mouth, but they get loaded in the butt. I want to know where this, who wrote this concept. The, the, your, Mike your Odair. Producer? Mike Odair. Okay. He's not my producer. Okay, well, the, your, your producer friend? He, he could have been my producer. Oh, but drama. I, yeah, a little bit. So I was already talking to Seth Sherman. Who Little People Big World is one of his shows. I've seen that, I think. And he did a lot of stuff for Discovery. Mm. Like somewhere like real people type stuff. And Discovery owns HGTV. Oh, I didn't know that. I was like, okay, maybe this is the direction to go. I'd already been talking to him. Then Mike O'Dare comes in. Also, Mike O'Dare is the producer of Ridiculousness. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, MTV? That's like what was on at like 4 a.m. on MTV for like my entire adolescence. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably still on right now. It never dies. Yeah, it doesn't. But it was so like tempting. I I hadn't signed the shopping agreement with Seth and his company yet. And Mike O'Dare was sort of like, I just pitched this show making fun to Netflix and they bought it and like, I'm ready to do some more stuff. But it would have meant like kind of breaking my trust and relationship I'd already built with Seth. Mm -hmm. And Seth, he just gets me, gets my humor. He is my humor. Like all of the stuff that he would come up with was so good. And so that's the direction I went. I was already kind of getting in bed with him. So I went ahead and pulled the sheets up. so you guys shot a pilot mm-hmm. yes when when will we see that so we shot a pitch matt right. helped uh matt's our producer he's in the room somewhere you can't see him i guess Off camera. so we shot this pitch that seth was like shoot the pitch here's kind of what to do shot that then sent it pitched it to hgtv after seth had edited it edited it it then HGTV's like cool let's make a sizzle slash pilot they call them sizzles like the short little like yeah like a 12 to snippets. 14 minute version of the show so they gave the money to the production team they flew out here we shot this sizzle in That's like a so week cool. yeah and it was really cool and on the dime of HGTV right and they're like let's do this we're gonna make you this show so that happened got it edited sent it back to them round of notes change this, change this, sent it back. And then ultimately they didn't pick up the show. They didn't buy it. No. Can they pitch it to other networks though? Yes. So okay. then we were like Netflix. Yes. We had an in at Netflix with the pitch. We pitched to them initially as well. And they were a yes at first. At first. At first. People move around a lot. Yeah. All these executives are like, hey, I'm here for like six months and now I'm going to go to Roku. Like, yeah. So our person that originally like loved everything that we had done she had gone to Roku, and so then we pitched to Netflix, and they didn't buy it. They're like, we, I, I don't think they got it, yeah, they honestly. Didn't, they didn't vibe. Yeah, they didn't vibe with it. They're like, our comedy stuff isn't really working out right now. And Well, I'm glad you called it comedy. That's cool. Yeah. You know? like, thank <laughs> they kind of got actually. it. Yeah, so I guess they did kind of get it, not all the way. What was the premise of the... Yeah, so the show was like Property Brothers, but funny and kind of Pee Wee Herman-ish. So we would come to your house. I would like look at him be like, okay, this room sucks. It's the one we're going to change. And how we're going to do that is your, your budget is tiny. Your budget is $3,500. Well, this is more like an 
$8,000 job. So we're going to take some of your pieces of furniture and we're going to flip them to add money to your budget. Oh. And then also we're going to do this for dirt cheap because of all the fines and the things that we're going to fix up and kind of redo and maybe even take some of your pieces and turn them into something totally brand new and awesome. That's cool. I really feel like that hasn't been done yet. There's yeah. a lot of home renovation shows, but I haven't seen any like that. It kind of had that vibe of like meet the family and like storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Like that format for HGTV and we were going that route, but we had a lot of quirky stuff kind of in between. Yeah. Like, but I think what happened was like with the quirkiness of what I normally do mixed with that format, it just kind of maybe confused people. I'm not <laughs> like, sure. Like, what is this? <laughs> but the this pilot slash sizzle will be available on our YouTube channel. Oh, okay, that sweet. We will create. So, yeah. are you guys going to go forward doing the same concepts even without a network? We're going to do something. Something. Yeah. But I'm excited to see what it is. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like you've made a lot of good connections from TikTok, which is cool to see. Totally. And Thank you, TikTok. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Whoa, did you guys hear that? They're like, just kidding. We're not going to show your videos to anyone for two weeks now. Do you experience like big fluctuations in views too? Like most creators. Okay. Just, just checking yes. that you're not some yes. like freak that goes viral every time. Do you keep videos up that don't perform well? No. Okay. So you're one, you're one of those people. It's okay. I'm, one, one, of those, I'm one of those people. One of those. Sometimes it depends. Sometimes I make a video knowing I'm going to do that. And then <laughs> I like have this idea in my head. I'm like, my close followers are going to know that I do this because it's just like, Hey, I'm putting this out there. It's going to probably be up till about 5,000 of you see it just to kind of get some feedback on something. I was wondering, I was like, is there something going on where they're like, don't show them any of the Ukraine stuff, just keep it all this. Well, they, did you see that the, the White House did a briefing for TikTok creators about Ukraine? No. Yeah, I, it was so that they wouldn't have- What's the White House? Uh, dude, I don't know. They basically wanted to make sure people didn't have false information, which it doesn't really seem like TikTok cares about that anyway, but yeah. so I thought that was kind of funny. Kind of, kind of speaks to how influential the platform is, though. Yeah. Yeah, if you're, like, getting your facts from TikTok <laughs> and just, like, not doing any extra research, then you, yeah. need, you need to stop. So one of my favorite things to do is when I learned something on TikTok, because people don't respect you if you say you learned something on TikTok, I just say I learned it on NPR, and, and no one will ever question you. Yeah. Yeah, because no one's going to go back and check. Exactly. Oh, how often do you post? Because... A lot of, I think, DIY type stuff you actually have to like do and not just talk, like it takes time. Yeah. So how do you balance that with like running your business, being a musician, being a dad? It's tough. Yeah. I, there's no schedule. I can't listen to Gary Vee who's like, it's, it's four a day. It's four a day now. Gary Vee stresses me out. Yeah. Like I get that like it's effective, but like. I like garage sale Gary Vee. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that might I have been where I him. started thrifting stuff. But like when he's like, it. "No, motherfucker!" Like, "Fucking!" Oh, can we fuck on this? I mean, yeah. not. I mean, can we say? <laughs> damn it! <laughs> can we say the f word? <laughs> you can say whatever <laughs> oh, <God>. you want. <laughs> oh man! So you have no posting schedule, just like whenever you're inspired. Yeah, I mean, well, whenever I get a sponsorship, there's sometimes yeah i have to you have abide to by yeah you've already done some sponsored posts have you done any other things to monetize besides sponsorships early on i had some t-shirts made mm, merch yeah. yeah 
Merch. Yes, merchandise. God, what is our sweet, sweet man's name that's escaping me right now? Joe. Exotic. That, that makes, <laughs> that makes the, all the amazing animations. Yeah, Joe Kappa. I'm so sorry, Joe Kappa, if you're listening. I know you are. Not to this podcast, just in general. He's all om- the time. He's omniscient. Omnipotent. He has omniscient ears. But yeah, Joe Kappa. He did the graphic for the shirt, which is so cool, especially for him to be a part of it. Like, if you aren't following him on TikTok, Joe Kappa. Yeah, I've never heard of him. He's amazing. I'll have to look him up. Like, animations and the claymations and... Oh, I think I might have seen that on Reels, though. Yeah, probably. Oh, speaking of Reels, are you posting on Reels on Instagram? Yes. Do they do well for you? Not as well as, like, on TikTok. Really? Like they, yeah, they do well. They, yeah, better than like well. photo posts. And I don't ever see them. They, they don't ever have that like magical thing that TikTok has sometimes where you post something and then you check in 10 minutes and it's got like 20,000 views. Like if, yeah, whenever you have one of those videos, I have actually run into that. I've had that happen to me on reels, but it's very seldom. Like it's very hit and miss. Like you never know what, what they're looking for. Yeah. Like I want that lottery magic. Like to, that's what's addicting about TikTok. Yeah. It's like, this might go crazy. And it, then it might But not. with Reels, it's like, hey, it's kind of on a steady growth. Yeah. With Instagram, it is so hard to grow. And Reels gave people an opportunity to be more visible. But I still don't think it does what TikTok does. Right. Unfortunately. I mean, hence the fact that I have 57K on Instagram and then like 800 some odd K on TikTok. People are more apt to follow on TikTok. They're more apt to actually like your thing. Mm-hmm. Like on Instagram, it reminds me of the people that like go to a rock show and just kind of like stare at the ground and pretend they're like not into it's it. It's like, why are you here? Yeah. Like it's okay to like something. It's okay to like the music. Well, it's like okay the vibe is so different on Instagram too. It's like. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to mess up my algorithm by yeah. liking that. It's more like curated. I feel like it's, or TikTok's more like whatever you want to put out there. And then if you don't, if you don't like yeah. it later, you can delete it. It doesn't matter what you like. We're going to show you the face in space with reading rainbow. <laughs> yeah. That, I feel like that trend blew up so fast, but I feel like after I watch like five of those, I can't do it anymore. I'm like, this isn't funny. It was funny the yeah. first time I saw it. I yeah. don't know. I think people are getting away from trends to grow on TikTok, though. It's what I've noticed is it, before it was like, you got to hop on the trends and then you kind of have your niche too. But now I feel like People who go in strong with a niche like you did with your furniture comedy, they tend to have the most explosive growth from what I've seen. Yeah. I feel like it's now at a point with TikTok where it's harder to get followers. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I've been sitting at 978,000 for like a year and I'm like, I'm still posting. I'm definitely not posting as much as I did when I was like seeing huge explosive growth. But it's crazy that it can kind of just plateau. Yeah. But not to get you guys down out there that don't have a lot of followers and are trying to get a lot of followers. And also, if you're not trying to get a lot of followers, heck yes. Before any of this TikTok stuff, I was like disengaging from social media. Like I was trying to use it for my music and stuff for so many years. And then, you know, I was like, screw this. It's just going to be my photo journal. I'm just going to post what I want to post. I don't care who likes it. Not living my life for all those people, but now I'm living my life for everybody. <laughs> now you're living, and your I'll life do whatever they say. TikTok. I think it's interesting because TikTok is really the one platform where you see like normal people become content creators like overnight. 
And that's one of the reasons I like doing this podcast is because I get to meet people who come from really eclectic backgrounds and they have really different niches and different styles of videos. And on Instagram, it's just like, it's a little more curated and like not as interesting. Yeah. And the types of reels that go viral, it's like, look at that dog. Okay, so what? He's so cute. I don't know what reels you get. I just get like girls with filters on, like pointing to the screen. (laughs) it's kind of like what tiktok was pre-covid green needle yeah those ones where it like lives what is that what else does it say green needle brainstorm yeah that one yeah did you hear i heard green needle yeah wait if i try i can kind of hear brainstorm now it's like i think i heard brainstorm that time i think people that were on tiktok though and see reels are like okay this was tiktok like three years ago still yeah it'll be interesting have you done have you dabbled in youtube shorts at all no no Apparently it's they're like 15 seconds, right? No, you can do up to no, don't quote me on this. I think you can do up to 60 seconds, maybe. But I know people that have grown my friends who was a guest on this podcast like two years ago, they gained like a million followers on on YouTube Shorts, like on YouTube through YouTube Shorts. So like there's opportunity there. I'm not sure how common that that kind of growth is, but there's a lot of people just repurposing their old TikTok content on shorts and you can monetize it there too. Cause like AdSense on mm-hmm. YouTube, do you have monetization on reels? Yes. How's that? It's sort of like the creator fund on yeah, TikTok. Yeah. I actually do better with it than on TikTok. I think it pays TikTok out at more. first was like really lucrative and now it just seems like maybe they're spread too thin or something. I, I don't know. I've never understood how any of these things pay, like the, the pay scale or anything. Yeah. It's inconsistent too. Like it depends on how much is posted in one day from what I understand. So like with Reels, the, every month they sort of, instead of like the creator fund, it's like you're on the creator fund, you're on it. Mm-hmm. Unless we tell you otherwise. But with Reels, it's like every month they're like, you've been approved again. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for them to like be like, nah, you're out. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly just like cool thanks guys so with that i don't know if you experience this but what i love is like you make one or two reels and they can just do okay and like you've got like a hundred dollars yeah that i have noticed that like also it's inconsistent in the payment for the views based on when the views come in because I got like $35 from like 5,000 views or something like little, like not, not high performing, but then I'll have videos that grow slow that I don't make as much money from. It's really weird. Like when they get a burst of views at the beginning, I think you get paid more on those. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason they to it though. Must be, they have to be making it in some way that no one will ever understand. Yeah. Just so, so we you, can't figure it out. Yeah. So you can't be like, Hey, you didn't pay me right. And they're like, well, if you look at this equation that Matt Damon did on this chalkboard back when he was in Goodwill hunting, you'll understand. I think that it's, Kind of, okay, kind of annoying because on TikTok, like your content lives a pretty long time. Like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I have videos from 2020 that still get views. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On Reels, it resets, like you're part of the program for the month and then you don't get paid on those videos after that. Right. So it's kind of like a scam. Well, like, I'm, I, does TikTok still pay you for the old stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you get paid on that content forever, which is kind of cool. I don't know if it's forever, ever, but forever, 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 ever. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that Instagram kind of did 
themselves a favor by not paying people long-term on content. What about this? Okay, so do you have any kids? Nah. I've got a baby boy. And thought about this. Like, when I die, like, and I would like, in my will, my TikTok will go to my son. The girls can split up the Instagram. <laughs> and who gets my house in the metaverse? Like, how's that going to work? Are, my, are your kids going to inherit your thing? Who's going to get your NFTs? I don't know. I don't have any yet. <laughs> These are the questions. Yeah. These are the, the hard-hitting questions yeah. of 2022. Ooh, we need to get in the business, map. You need to figure out your digital will? Well, we can help. <laughs> well, it seems like now you have a new business idea to develop. I do. Yeah. Please uh, don't steal it, listener. You'll have to you'll have time to develop it before this comes out. Don't okay, worry. Okay, good. So one thing I like to ask every guest before we wrap up is if you started over on TikTok today, what would you go back and do differently? Knowing what you know now. Nothing. I really can't think of anything. That's a valid answer. No, I think some people have a good <laughs> I'm perfect. Yes. Well, hey, it worked out pretty well for you because here you are. Didn't even mean to be here. So I wouldn't have done the coldest water video. <laughs> the first one. Oh, my God. That's I just I know someone from their marketing team is going to come across me and be like this girl. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a hater. <laughs> I, I will always talk talk about them. Yeah, it's not cool. If you're if you want a commercial Let's face it. Here's what content creators are doing. You got a big following. You're making commercials for people and they want to pay you like nothing to do it. Yeah. That's not cool. Like that's like, but for the exposure. Yeah. I have 800,000 followers on TikTok. I have 57,000 followers on Instagram. I'm not like wealthy. Yeah. We pay our bills. Like I'm making the most money I've ever made in my life, but that's not saying a lot coming from a guy that was just a local musician selling <clears throat> not weed furniture <laughs> on the side for a long time and like i'm just we're doing okay we're not able to like buy a house or anything luckily we're inheriting a house from my wife's parents nice can anyone really buy houses these days though i hope so <laughs> it, it's definitely happening like crazy right now yeah anytime a house goes up for sale it's getting bought that's true. Well, I'm super excited that you could come in today and I'm pumped to see your HGT or not yeah. not HGTV. Yeah. Uh, Ouch. Sorry, I'm pumped to see your sizzle reel. On a YouTube channel on YouTube. that we haven't made yet. But if you're a producer and listening to this and want to pitch too. Yeah, works. hey, producers, open cattle call. <laughs> Come get me. <laughs> we'll have a tickle fight. I do have a YouTube channel. That's Clinton Avery Tharp. It has like 661 subscribers. Trying to get to that thousand mark mm. so I can make ads happen yeah but when the sizzle goes on we won't have ads we're gonna put that on and just just put it out yeah. there into the universe yeah i would like to make everything free at some point whenever i have enough money so i gotta figure out some passive income stuff like i might do teachable i know there's a girl in fort worth who does furniture flip content she's done a really good job of monetizing outside of brand deals like she sells a course that's like not super expensive but it's a course on diy basically that is awesome and she also sells a course on how to be a diy content creator so there's like kind of two paths there like consumer or creator how awesome yeah. is it that we can do stuff like that these days that just with our own creativity i mean anybody like most of us have a phone that we can do this with. So anybody with like a smartphone in a dream, you, you can make something pretty cool. No, it's true though. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Let our listeners know where they can find you on the interweb. You can find me 
at Clinton Avery Tharp on TikTok or at Clinton Avery Tharp on Instagram. Your sizzle reel. We'll link to it if it comes out before this. But we'll definitely link to your YouTube channel and your socials down in the show notes. This was fun. This is super fun. I want to be on more podcasts. If you have a podcast and this you're is looking a cattle for call. a guest... For podcast. Just, have, just shameless have plugs. Have Clinton Avery Tharp on your podcast. I'll travel. You heard it here first, folks. Thank you so much for pushing play today. That's it for this week's episode. Remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or review if you liked what you heard. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and TikTok and join our exclusive Facebook community group for more support and guidance as you grow. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson, and I'll see you next week for another episode of TikTok Radio.